The Lord sent his great messenger Elijah to anoint a prophet to follow him. God chose someone ordinary. Elijah found Elisha, a nobody, plowing his father's field. And what was Elisha's response? He burned his plow and left everything he knew to answer God's call. Even the ordinary can be called to greatness. His very first miracle repeated his mentor's last. The rest of Elisha's life was original, surprising, bold. More miracles fill the pages of his life story than anyone's but the Son of God himself. From ridiculous faith and extraordinary tale services. Elisha. All right, we start a new series today, Elisha, and uh, I want to tell you, I'm excited for the series because uh, not, not a lot of us know a lot about Elisha. We know more about Elijah, right? Not a lot about Elisha. Uh, and so excited because it's going to be some great learning for us. But uh, most importantly, I am absolutely convinced that if you're here all four weeks and you let God just work on you in these four weeks, looking at the life of Elisha, you're going to have the opportunity to get a life change uh, going on, a new direction that God's going to show you uh, in your life. So I encourage you to be here <clears throat> each week and to uh, follow along in the series in, uh, in uh, Elisha. And uh, we need to make that distinction as we start. We're going to be talking about Elisha, right? Uh, S-H, not Elijah uh, with the J, right? They're two different guys. Elijah was first. Elijah, Elisha came after him. And kind of interesting, we know more, you know, I think we think about more of Elijah, the great prophet, fantastic, incredible prophet, Elijah, right? What's interesting is that actually Elisha, who followed him, uh, did more uh, miracles uh, than Elijah. Uh, in fact, he did more miracles than any other uh, prophet, uh, and Jesus is kind of the only one that actually did more uh, miracles than him. So this is going to be a powerful uh, witness and a powerful guy. Uh, that we're going to understand, okay? Well, uh, let's get right into uh, meeting these guys, Elijah and Elisha, uh, and uh, some learning today. The first thing uh, I want to lift up as we meet these guys is just a simple awareness uh, that when God puts a call on our life, that he calls uh, who you are, right? He just calls who you are uh, in the moment, right? And we can see that happening in 1 Kings 19, that's where we're going to be uh, all day today. So if you've got your Bibles with you, get to 1 Kings 19. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles with you, pull out the half sheet. Uh, you're going to want to take some notes, circle some things. There's some really good stuff in here. Um, and if you've got your phone, you want to get it on your app, go ahead, go get it, right? Just get in the Word. Um, and there's some great teaching right here, uh, right away. So what happens is uh, Elijah, Elijah with a J, his career as a prophet is coming to an end. Uh, and so God comes to him and gives him instructions now in terms of naming a new prophet. And he names a new prophet and he names a new king. It says, also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, S-H, Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Meholah to succeed you as prophet. So what God is doing is God is working now through a new generation, right? It's, it's a new king and a new generation, a new king that's going to be anointed, and it's a new prophet that's going to be anointed. That God is just continuing to work in the everyday, and so now as he anoints a new king, so he lifts up Elisha, 
right, to follow Elijah and be uh, a new prophet, right? Uh, there's one other really great uh, reminder in uh, this particular text right here uh, because something important is going to happen to us on Tuesday of this next week, right? Tuesday, you know about Tuesday, right? Hope you're all going to go vote, right? You do that thing. That's what we do in the world, right? We're in the world, not of it, but we do that, exercise that responsibility. But there is a great wor- word for us today uh, in preparation for Tuesday because uh, there's a lot of angst and anxiety around the election this year. Here's what you need to remember. You go vote on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, God's going to still be in charge. His sovereignty is not going to change, right? It's right here in the text, in the text, right? Uh, so anoint a new king, anoint a new prophet. God's plan is moving forward. God's working in this world. God's still going to be God. God. So whether it's a good king, bad king, whatever king, doesn't really matter, right? Because God is sovereign and God is going to rule. So you can just go in the voting booth, do what you need to do, vote for who you need to vote for, wherever God leads you. And ultimately, remember Wednesday when you make when you wake up, you just got to say, praise God, you're still in charge. Amen. Good? <laughs> that gives me a lot of hope after Tuesday, right? Absolutely. He's still in charge. And you can see it here, right? He's anointing a new king and he's anointing a new prophet. And as he anoints this new prophet, Elisha, He just simply chooses Elijah, and Elijah is simply Elijah, right? It's who Elijah is right now. It's not who he was in the past. It's not just who he might be in the future that God sees. But he he comes to Elijah in terms of who Elisha is right now. Let's meet Elisha, who he is right now. So Elijah, the first prophet, Elijah, uh, went from there. And he found Elisha, say Elisha, so we get that in there, ready? Elisha, thank you, it's the S-H thing, help me out on that. Elisha, son of Shaphat. Now here's the important thing, you're going to want to circle this verse. This is, there's so much in this verse. It says, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Now you just learned something extraordinary about, about Elisha. He was plowing with how many yoke of oxen? Twelve, right? Twelve. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. This guy, his family, owns twelve yoke of oxen? That's incredible. These are wealthy people. Elisha is coming from a family that is enjoying extraordinary prosperity. He is from a family that owns 12 yoke of oxen and has workers behind every one of them. His family is extraordinary in their prosperity. Elijah is coming from a place of comfort. He's coming from a place of comfort. His family is well-to-do. They, they, the retirement plans are in place. They're good. They got 12 yoke of oxen. This is an important thing. God calls who you are. God calls who you are. It doesn't matter where you are on the economic scale. 
He, he doesn't just call poor people. He doesn't just call middle class people, as we've been hearing a lot about in the election, right? It's all about the middle class. He doesn't just call middle class people. He doesn't just call upper class people. It doesn't matter where you are on the economic scale. His call is his call, and he uses us all. Oh, that was good. His call is his call, and he uses us Yes, you get that? That's the way it is. His call is his call, and he uses his all. And everything that we have is his. Elisha is coming from a place of prosperity. And his prosperity, as good and great and wonderful as it is, it's there only because it's there for the service of wherever, however God wants to use Elisha. His call is his call. And God calls you where you are. And notice it also says that he himself was driving the twelfth pair of oxen. Now, keep in mind, it's not like Elisha has twelve pairs of oxen, right, that he's driving. No, there's twelve pairs working in the field. He's driving two oxen. There's something important to learn there, too, right? What did we learn? Well... This family understands servant leadership, right? Elisha is from a prosperous family. He could be sitting at home playing on the Xbox. Instead, what is he doing? He's out plowing. He's walking behind the oxen, just like the rest of the hired hands. His parents understood the importance of passing on the value of work, and leadership. He is being taught and trained up. He is being prepared for this moment when God comes in an extraordinary way and puts a claim on his life. Parents, this is a great lesson for you, right? Don't miss this. This is a great lesson for you. His parents, Elijah's parents, understood the importance of teaching him work and servant leadership. That he's out there just plowing the ground, plowing the ground. The point, God calls you who you are. You don't have to be somebody special. You don't have to be somebody extraordinary. You don't have to be off the charts in gifts. You are who you are, and God, regardless of what your station is in life, is able to put a call on your life. He calls you just who you are because he knows who you can become. We get that? You can see in Luke 12 that, that Jesus reminds us of the importance of that, especially if we're at the high end of the economic scale, right? Uh, if you jump in the middle of verse 48, it says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even what? More will be required. When it comes to prosperity, you can't buy your way out of the responsibility of serving Christ. When it comes to prosperity, you see, Elisha is coming from an exceedingly prosperous family, and yet the call comes on his life. It's not about where you are on the economic scale. God just puts a call on our life. You with me on that? Let's learn something else. Uh, he calls not only who you are, he calls you where you are. Okay, think about, again, the verse. Where was Elisha? Well, the text says, and it emphasizes it when it repeats itself, it says, he himself, 
<laughs> That's emphasis. He himself was driving the 12th pair of oxen. What does that mean Elijah was doing and experiencing every day? Let me try to grab it for you in a picture. So here's a great artistic representation of the call of Elisha by Elijah, right? And so we get over here on this side of the picture, the big call and the cloak and everything we're going to talk about, right, Elijah? And so often we look at a picture like this, we look at this left side uh, of the picture, right? What I want you to do is look at the right side. What is Elisha looking at and experiencing every day? Right? That's every day. That's what he's doing every day. That's what he's walking behind every day. To give you kind of another graphic of that. Right? Put yourself there. Right? Tell me, how does that smell? That's what he's experiencing every day. Right? And you put him behind that plow... You can't tell me that when he's not plowing that ground, there isn't some time during the day that this guy, Elijah, prosperous as he is, is doing what? He's stepping in it. Right? He's stepping in it. He's got it on his shoe sooner or later. His sandal. What's going on? See, God calls you where you are. You don't have to be at a certain place in life. You don't have to be at a certain achievement level in life. You don't have to make a certain qualification level in life. God simply enters in and He calls you where you are. And sometimes He calls you when you're stepping in it. Because He's not afraid of those places. God simply calls who you are and He calls you where you are. That means wherever you are right now and today, God is ready to put a call on your life and to set you in a new direction and to set you in His direction. It's not where you are. It's not who you are. You qualify once you surrender to Jesus Christ. What's the next learning? It's not only that God calls who you are. He calls you where you are, but when he makes that call in your life, all you're left to do is to trust him. He puts that call in your life, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, right? And all you're left to do is respond because you know God and you trust who God is. Therefore, you don't need to know the rest of the experience. You don't have to have a blueprint about what's coming next. Look what happens to Elisha, right? Elijah comes along, goes up to Elisha, and he throws his cloak around him. Now that is an important moment. That is a significant moment. What's happening? Elijah, the great prophet, right? Not a minor guy. This is a major guy. Elijah, the great prophet. He steps into Elisha's life and he puts God's call in his life based on who he is and where he is. And he puts his cloak over him. Some translations will say his mantle, right? He puts his mantle on him. What does that mean? What's going on here is Elijah in that action is saying to Elisha, 
here's all you need to know. From now on, everything that makes me a prophet, every wisdom that God has given me, every spiritual power that God has given me, every presence that God poured into my life, everything that I know to be God in my life, I now transfer to you. Do you get that? Everything that I, Elijah, everything that I know, everything I have, every presence of God, every spiritual power, everything that it means for me to be the great prophet Elijah, everything about God, I now transfer and clothe and put on and into you. He literally puts a cloak on him as that symbol that, that that's all transferred now to you, Elisha. And that's all you get to know. That's all you get to know. You don't get to know what comes next. You see, Elijah didn't show up, make an appointment, sit down with Elijah and say, Now, Elijah, I've heard from God and he has a new plan for your life. And so here's the way it's going to go. I'm going to clothe you in his righteousness and in his grace and in his goodness. And then uh, six months from now, this is going to happen. And then a year from now, that's going to happen. And then by five years, you will be up the prophet ladder of success. (laughs) Doesn't do that. He doesn't lay out step by step by step what's going to happen next in Elisha's life. What does he give him? He simply gives him the power and the presence and the call. That's it. The power and the presence and the call. And keep in mind, this is not a comfortable time in in Israel's life. Right? Why is he bringing in a new king? He's bringing in a new king because the old king has been horrible. The old king has been worshiping idols. He wants nothing to do with the living God. He has no fear of the Lord. Right? Israel is divided. There's northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Everything is in decline. And Elijah goes to Elijah and says, You now are the prophet. And I clothe you in everything. I clothe you in everything. And all Elijah has to do is just believe that one word. That's it. That's the call. He doesn't get an explanation. He doesn't get a blueprint. He doesn't get a plan. He doesn't get it all laid out. All he gets is just trust me. That's it. Now, to try to help make this clear for you, to give you a sense of what that is, why don't you watch the screens and uh, watch this uh, clip from the movie Field of Dreams. Seen that movie? Long, old movie, Field of Dreams with Kevin Cosner. Uh, watch it. Maybe it'll help you understand what we're talking about. What was that? 
That voice just now, what was it? Sound truck on the highway or something? Nope. Hey, Karen, dinner's ready. Kids are the radio? Nope. Hey, are you really hearing voices? Just one. What did it say? If you build it, he will come. If you build what, who will come? He didn't say. Mm. I hate it when that happens. Me too. talking to the cornfield. Hate it when that happens. Just one word. No plan. No complete explanation. Just the nudge. See, some of you are getting that. Some of you got that going on in your life right now, where, where, where God has been nudging you. God's been planting that seed. He's been giving you just one word. He's not giving the whole explanation. He's just giving you that one encouragement. And he's just given that call to say, listen, I'm ready to clothe you. I'm ready to cover your life. But you got to step out in ridiculous commitment and just, just surrender and trust me. And that's exactly what Elisha does. And he proves it by the next verses. It says, So Elijah returned to his oxen, and he slaughtered them. And he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. And he passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. What did he do? He stepped into ridiculous commitment. He stepped into ridiculous commitment, and he burned the plow. And he killed the oxen. What does that mean? No going back. No going back. No, no just going home to his comfortable life in his comfortable house with his comfortable family in their comfortable prosperity. He burned the plow. And he killed the oxen. He made an emphatic statement that said, I am absolutely, ridiculously 
committed that I just believe God more. That's where some of you are right now. That God has given you that nudge in, in things that are going on in your life. For some of you, it's because you've been stepping in it. Right? You've just been stepping in it and, and you're holding on to the faults and the failures of the past or you've got some behaviors that are just not godlike behaviors and you just aren't letting go of those things and God is nudging you and pushing you and challenging you and say, listen, there's a better way. I've got a better future. I'm ready to close you. I'm ready to empower you. You just need to burn the plow. Kill the oxen. You need just to let go of that stuff. Let Christ forgive you. Let go of that stuff and move forward. Burn the plow and kill the oxen. For some of you, you're in some bad relationships. You're, you're in a relationship with somebody and he's, that person is not a Christ follower. And they're putting pressure on you to do things that you know this is not the way God's people live when you follow Christ. And, and you need to just kind of come clean, come up to that, face that reality, and let go of that relationship and burn the plow. You just need to burn the plow, kill the oxen, and move forward to what God has in store for you. Some of you may be struggling even in your marriage relationship, and you've been denying it for a long time. You've been putting it off for a long time. You've been trying to convince yourself somehow it's going to get better, and it's not. And you just need to face up to it, and you need to you know, put that under the, the sovereignty of Christ. Let God take control of your marriage. You need to go see somebody, get some help. You need to burn the plow, kill the oxen, and just move forward in a godly way. Some of you in your careers, you're in a place in your career where you're just, you're in that, that rut. You're just kind of walking behind the oxen every day, and you don't feel like somehow it's serving Christ in any way. And, and you just need to recognize that. You need to to, to face up to that. You, you need to be able to say, wait a minute, is this what God wants for my life? And you need to just let Him take control of your career, take control of your future, and you need to burn the plow, kill the oxen, and start doing what He wants you to do instead of what you want to do. See, Elijah could have gone back home. He had a comfortable home. He could have played the Xbox. He could have been a comfortable kid growing up in a comfortable place. And instead, what did he do? He, burned the, he killed the ox and he burnt the plow. He killed the ox and he burnt the plow. And he said, I am absolutely, ridiculously committed, even though he didn't know how it was going to turn out. And all he knew was he could trust God. He could trust God. And that God was going to clothe him, God was going to care for him, and God was going to lead him. It's all wrapped up at the end. When it says, then he, Elijah, then Elijah went with Elijah as his assistant. He left it behind and he just stepped out in ridiculous commitment. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and uh, it's, it's not just an old story about a prophet. Um, it's a story for today. It's an, a moment, it's an experience for today when... Uh, when you show up and you just put your call uh, on our lives, that you step in and say, listen, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to clothe you. I'm ready to clothe you in, in my forgiveness. Uh, I'm ready to clothe you in my righteousness. I'm ready to clothe you in my purpose. I, I'm ready to create a new future. 
Lord, we ask that we would receive that call today. And, and even if it's, it's just one word, a simple word, a nudge, a thought, just whatever it is, make it clear to us. We don't need to know the whole plan. We just need to know it's you. We just need to know it's you. And so in, in those places uh, that, that you need to just step in and make that call, we ask that you do it today because we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss the future that you have in store for us. So, Father, we come to you today and we just absolutely surrender. Uh, and we're going to be ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous in our commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen.